Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his sermon series in the second epistle of Peter with this message entitled, Are You Saved? Preached Sunday, June 24th, 2018. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 8. The text, if from the Greek I translate, verse 8, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, not that you possess these qualities and remain a child, a dwarf. In increasing measure, as you grow up, you will have these qualities in greater measure. They will keep you from being idle, lazy, and unfruitful, unproductive. This is a litotus, means it will keep you highly productive and fruitful. God's people are industrious, achieving, successful. They will keep you from being idle and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Increasing measure we know Jesus. And finally, we gladly suffer martyrdom because we know Jesus. Christ died for our sins and raised for our justification. Verse 9, if anyone lacks these qualities, notice the error in NIV, the correct reading, he is blind and nearsighted. Not nearsighted and blind. And has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Verse 10, therefore, brothers, make every effort. That means spare no effort. Be very diligent. Focus on one thing to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you will never fall. Thus, you will be given a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pay attention. Don't be distracted. The devil and his demons are against the church of God. The whole world is under his control. Against you, against your children. The title is, Are You Saved? Westminster Shorter Catechism asked the first question, what is the chief end of man? That is, what is the chief purpose of human existence? 
it is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Jesus said to Martha, only one thing is needed. Jesus came into the world to testify to the truth, John 18. And he said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That is, the elect will listen to Jesus. The elect will hear and do God's will and be blessed forever. Others don't listen. They pretend to be listening, but they will not listen and obey. 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That is eternal life. God commands all people everywhere to repent. God commands all people to believe in him. God commands all people to love one another. To the question, what must I do to be saved? Paul answered, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. Paul says in Romans 10.9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. You know what that means? I am your obedient slave. You are saying that when you say Jesus is Lord. Perfect submission Blessed assurance, perfect delight, perfect rest, peace in God. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is a promise of God who can never lie. Jesus said to Nicodemus that he must be born again by the Holy Spirit to see or enter the kingdom of God. Without faith in Jesus Christ, you do not glorify God and you will not enjoy this life or the life to come. Now Peter in verse 10 asks all believers in Jesus to make every effort to be very diligent to make one's calling and election very sure. In the end, and there is going to be an end, in the end, when Jesus judges every human being ever lived on this earth, 
you hear from him Matthew 25:34 then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world or Matthew 25:41 then he will say to those on his left depart from me you cursed one into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels the chief purpose of human life is to repent and believe on the lord jesus christ and grow in holiness and be conformed to the likeness of god's son our lord jesus christ in second peter 1:8 through 11 peter tells us how believers can be very sure of their calling and election Saint Peter was about to be crucified as Jesus had predicted. I am sure that the apostle had made very certain of his own calling and election before his own martyrdom. So be certain sir that you are saved from your sin its guilt and eternal punishment be certain that you are saved from the wrath of god revealed from heaven against your sin be sure you are saved by faith in jesus christ who was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification be certain that jesus christ the perfect god man made atonement for our sins and therefore we are clothed with his perfect righteousness forevermore as the scripture says in Romans 6 and verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord so let us consider in detail second peter 1 8 through 11 point number 1 for if you possess these qualities they are mentioned in verses 5 through 7 first true living faith in jesus a gift from god to all those born of god by which you trust in jesus forever second moral excellence a believer in jesus lives as jesus lived first john 2:6 
Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. He lives an obedient life. If you don't live an obedient life, you are not saved. You are under God's wrath. He lives an obedient life. He is not an antinomian, which is the chief characteristic of many evangelicals today. Third, knowledge. A believer orders his life according to biblical knowledge, the primary means of God's grace. Fourth, self-control. He lives by Holy Spirit's control in his life. This control is total. There is no exception. He says no to sin and yes to the will of God in the word of God. He is being led by the Spirit. Romans 8.14 says because those who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Nobody else. Fifth, perseverance. He does not quit following Jesus. He practices Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. He even rejoices in sufferings, knowing God-ordained trials produce perseverance, character, and hope. Sixth, godliness. Godliness is our awareness of God's presence with us always. Therefore, we live our lives to please God. We live Coram Deo. And seventh, brotherly kindness, that is love one another. By this virtue, we love all true believers sacrificially. As we read in 1 John 3, 16 and 17, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? The first fruit of the Spirit is love. Eighth, divine love. Agape love. With this love, we fulfill the law of God as we read in Luke 10, 27. Love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Romans 13:10 says, Love does not harm its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Second point. Continually abound in these qualities. In the parable of the four soils, the first three soils produced no fruit. They represent false Christians of Matthew 7.23. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. You evildoers, antinomians. They go to hell. The fourth soil represents born again true believers. They are very fruitful. They produce 30, 60, and 100 fold by Holy Ghost power. Holy Spirit dwells in them, teaches them. Gives them power to obey God's word immediately, exactly, and with joy. And produces the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, perseverance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They are not lazy and unfruitful. They are hardworking and very fruitful. They are like Jesus as we read John eight twenty nine, The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do what pleases him. Jesus was the most protective and fruitful person who ever lived. Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 1 Corinthians 10 By the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I but the grace of God that was with me. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. They will be rewarded. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you increase and overflow. 1 Timothy 6.18 and 19 Command them Notice sir I have the right to command you. We don't beg. We don't plead. We command 
if you are God's people. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. A true believer is vitally united to Christ by saving faith. How do you recognize a true believer? Jesus said a good tree produces good fruit. So by the fruit you recognize a true believer. John 15, 1 and 2. I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. Friends, I learned what I learned through sufferings. A number of our people are learning quite a bit about the Lord Jesus Christ. They are increasing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through pruning. Everyone is growing in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And nobody is exempt from what's a pruning. It's going to come, sir, because God wants you to be more fruitful. John 15, 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned hell. And John 15, 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God knows who is his disciples. But you must know that you are his disciple by obedience. Fruitless branch is a false believer. God cuts it off, thrown out, they are picked up and burned up in hell. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit and much fruit for God's glory. Proving you are what sir? Christ's disciples. You are my disciples. We bear fruit by the life of Christ flowing into us by abiding in Christ through obedience. Third point, those having no fruit of obedience. Verse 9, if anyone lacks these spiritual qualities, beginning with faith and ending in divine love, you are a fake Christian to be cut off, thrown out, dried up, gathered up, thrown into the fire and burned. 
I believe in heaven and in hell. Fruitless Christians' destiny is not glory, but eternal destruction. Such a person is blind, notice. Listen, blind to what, sir? To eternal realities. He has no understanding of his own sinfulness. He sees no need for Savior Jesus Christ. He has no knowledge of his eternal destiny of hell. He is blind to the kingdom of God. He is unregenerate and therefore he cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. He is also myopic. That's in the Greek. That is nearsighted. He can only see this world. He lives in corruption, verse 4. He lives by lust. That's why he buys all kinds of stuff on credit. He lives in corruption. Behold, he stingeth. He's dead while he is living. He lives by lust. His God is the devil, the God of this world who blinded him. He cannot escape the idolatry and death of the world. He worships money and what money can buy. His treasure is in this world. Jesus said, Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. You remember the rich young ruler. He loved his money. And he went away from Jesus Christ. And damned. Such people symbolize Judas. The son of perdition. He worshipped money which did not save him. They live for pleasures of sin for a season. They deliberately forget the fact of forgiveness which true believers do not forget at all. They live by lust and like Judas soon fall away and leave Christ's holy church to sin. This is true of all holy church where people leave. Second Peter 2, 20 and 21, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
and are again entangled in it and overcome their worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. First John 2.19 They went out from us. So this was true in the first century. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. Perseverance. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. First John 2.15 through 17 Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Romans 9.22 But if God choosing to show his wrath and makes his power known, bore with great patience the objects of his wrath prepared for destruction. Michael Green, a theologian, says, lack of spiritual growth is a sign of spiritual death. They say, we do not need Jesus. We have plenty of money. What does Jesus say about them? Jesus said, they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. Revelation 3, 14 through 17. They have no time for Jesus. They see this world only, myopic, short-sighted, being short-sighted. They are very busy, sir, eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. Marrying and giving in marriage. Busy, sir. Don't bother me with Jesus, with the gospel. Fourth point, verse 10, make your calling and election sure. In the Greek, this is a command. God is commanding his people. In other words, this is our responsibility. Peter is addressing now believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, not fruitless fake professors in the visible church. Peter says, therefore, that is in view of the truth of verse 8 and 9, that is, fruitful people are true believers 
unfruitful people are false believers. They do not know Jesus Christ. Make every effort speedily, urgently, be very diligent, focus, sir. Pay attention. God is speaking. Give all diligence to the one thing essential to eternal happiness. That is, make your calling and election sure. The basis of our salvation is the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. But the proof of our salvation is our obedience of faith, our holiness. God commands all people everywhere to repent of their sins. God commands to believe in Jesus. God commands us to love one another. God commands us, listen, through the preaching of his ministers. If God calls the elect, he enables you to respond to his effectual call. Therefore, God regenerates the elect, sinners, dead in their sins to become alive. In their mind, in their will, in their affections, they understand the word. They will God's will and they love God. John 6, 44, sir, listen. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. Draws him by regeneration. God calls them effectually. So the elect repent and what, sir? Believe and love to follow Jesus. They produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit, much spiritual fruit, sir. By obedience to the Lord Jesus, they prove they are God's elect. Romans 9.23, what if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy whom he prepared in advance for glory. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says the object of the whole second letter of St. Peter is Second Peter 1.10 to make the calling and election very certain to you. He knows. You don't know. Make certain that you know that when you die, you go to paradise. I say, if calling is true, then you can go backward to conclude 
that your election in eternity past is true and go forward and conclude that you will be glorified in eternity future. Romans 8, 29 and 30, For those God foreknew, that is, foreloved, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, those he justified, he also glorified. It's certain, it's sure. God cannot lie. Calling is the key. Effectual calling is proven in ongoing obedience to our Lord Jesus. Effectually called obeys Jesus. There is no salvation without obeying Jesus. They are all damned who teach you can believe in Jesus and live in sin. They are demon-possessed people. They themselves are going to hell. They want more people to go with them to hell. Hebrews 5, 9, And once made perfect, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Acts 5.32, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. See, we don't like the word obey. We are autonomous. If you are autonomous, you are demonic. There is no autonomous people. Either you are a disciple of Jesus, or a a follower of the devil. 1 Corinthians 1 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, and called to be what, sir? Holy. 2 Timothy 1 9. Who has saved us and called us to a holy life. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. John 14, 24. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. John 15, 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. First Peter 1, 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for, what's that? Obedience to Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 20, and teaching them what, sir, to obey whatsoever things I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always 
even to the end of the ages. Is there a way of salvation that says you don't have to obey, sir? God calls us to live a holy and obedient life. Hebrews 4, 6, it still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Hebrews 4.11, I wrote a book on Hebrews. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of what, sir? Disobedience. Disobedient people not saved have no rest. They are restless, demonic people. By baptism in the Holy Spirit, each true believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. This sealing shows three things. Ownership, authenticity, and what, sir? Security. Sealed. Holy Spirit guarantees to us these three things. We are owned by God. We are authentic. And we are secure. And so we read Second Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Romans 8.16, listen, sir, the highest form of assurance. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, testifies with our spirit that, what, sir, we are God's children. Make your calling and election sure. 2 Timothy 2.19, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Romans 8, 36 through 39, as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as a sheep to be slaughtered, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Peter concludes this verse by saying, if you practice these things, that is holiness, that is faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. If you practice these things, you shall 
never fall. Security. I believe in the security. Eternal security of the elect who are called. If you practice this thing, you shall never fall. You are elect, called, justified, adopted, being sanctified to be what, sir? Glorified. In other words, antinomians will fall away. Not those who practice holiness. Matthew 5, 8 says, listen, sir. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Hebrews 12.14 Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Now, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Matthew 7.24-27 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Who is the rock, sir? Jesus Christ. Proverbs 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me, Coram Deo, because he is at my right hand, I will not be, what, sir? Shaken. The great Spurgeon said, He who makes his calling and election sure is a happy person. Nothing to fear death itself. Because you are going to paradise. And I say, a holy person is a happy person and a fearless person. Proverbs 28 verse 1, The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Number five, fifth point, the last point. God gives him a rich entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, sir. He who obeys God eagerly will be welcomed richly into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus said to see and enter the kingdom, one must be born again. All those born of the Holy Spirit will live by repentance and faith and practice holiness and will be granted a rich entrance into the future kingdom. And so St. Peter in Second Peter 3.14 says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. It seems some believers get into Christ's eternal kingdom not richly. First Corinthians 3.15 
If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And he may kill you in the midst of your life to bring you to heaven because you are sinning all the time. 1 Corinthians 5, 5, hand this man over to Satan so that the flesh may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. Listen, 1 Corinthians 11, 30 and through 32, that is why many among you are weak and sick. Start with weakness and you don't want to repent. It goes to sickness. You don't want to repent. You die. And a number of you have fallen asleep, but if we judged ourselves, that's what we do as we perform Holy Communion. Examine ourselves, live by repentance and faith, and God will forgive your sins. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined. God disciplines His people, including killing them, to bring one to heaven. Let me tell you, sir, Stephen was given a rich entrance, young man, and we read Acts 7, but Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Means, come in, come in, come in. He is welcoming you. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Welcoming, I say, young Stephen, giving him a rich welcome. J. Gresham Machen, the founder of the world-famous Westminster Seminary, an aristocrat, a rich man. But God saved him was a famous professor at Princeton. But Princeton rejected Jesus Christ as God. And he, with other professors, started Westminster Seminary. And he went to North Dakota, Bismarck, to preach for his friend Sam Allen. On the last day of 1936, he was suffering from pneumonia and was admitted to the hospital. And the last day of 1936, God gave him a vision of heaven. And he told Sam Allen, Sam, I had a vision of being in heaven. Sam, it was glorious. It was glorious. He repeated. He was given a rich welcome. And the first day of 1937, he was called to heaven. He was given, in other words, a rich welcome by God into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He went to heaven with great joy. At 7.30 p.m. 
of the first day of 1937. Thief on the cross, he repented. Remember me, he said. And God gave him a rich welcome. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And I believe St. Peter was given a rich welcome. St. Paul was given a rich welcome. We read in Philippians 1.21, To me, to live is Christ, and to die is what, sir? Now, can you say that? This is the truth for those who make their calling and election sure. To me, to live is Christ. That means I obey Christ. And to die is gain, profit. Conclusion, sir. This is my prayer, sir. May the Holy Spirit help everyone on this Lord's day to make one's calling and election sure that we may all be given rich entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we may live with God and elect angels and with his holy church in the new heaven and the new earth where dwells righteousness, that we may live in eternal happiness as we read in Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Help us to pay attention to what the man of God preached. Lord, help us to make our calling and election sure. Not spending our time eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, marrying and giving in marriage. Help us, Lord, to do the one thing needful. Martha, only one thing is needed. Hear and do what I say. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures 
We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.